Welcome back to the Boys and Bolos podcast. We down here in the barbershop studio. Jarrett. Jeffrey. Are you here? I'm here in soul, spirit, and body. <laughs> it's almost too much to handle. It's a lot. It's a lot. We're on couch. I'm gonna. Sh- I got a little shade lounge going on here. <laughs> it's almost too comfortable. It's weird. It's a little weird, but that's. I'm in the corner here on the couch. You got a nice heater for an ambiance. It's it's pumping out that sweet sweet heat. There continues to be no windows, so it's a perfect place for <laughs> kidnapping and or podcasting. Well, we're down here and we're we're making it happen. That's it. We got it. It's another week in the Premier League, as they say. So, Jeff, we had a pod ready to go last week. It was going to be great. The title was going to be, maybe you'll release it one day as a lost file. The title was going to be Burhalter is a Stooge. Now, we went in on Burhalter for about 30 minutes. I think we were both just like ripping them apart. But the wounds are fresh, as they say. The wounds are fresh. Because the U.S. team just came off of a pretty embarrassing win almost, like against. We only beat El Salvador 1 0. We and celebrated then we lost it like Canada. it was. Like we won the World Cup. And we lost Canada. We lost to Canada and we beat Honduras. So on that episode, we actually went through and what we think could happen in the last games, and we don't have to do the full episode or go through this honestly because there's prime stuff to talk about Champions League. We think what could happen though is the US can still finish first if they win out their last three games in Canada, win and tie two, which isn't that crazy. But anyways, why don't you tell us why you weren't able to get the episode up? You had a perfect storm of the day. Yeah, it was actually a really nice day up in New England here. It was uh, roughly maybe 55, 60 degrees, unseasonably warm for a February afternoon. Friday was just like a perfect storm. I was really busy at work. I couldn't do anything between the hours of 7 and 11 a.m. And then I came home and my boys had gymnastics as their gymnasts, gymnast boys, they they run around and they do the gymnast thing. You mean they're just almost two years old? They're they're two. They're not even two. Oh, but I didn't know if you were actually taking them to gymnastics. We did. Like, we no. We had they're in the gymnastics group now. How does what does that even for two year olds? What does that look like? Uh, they just run around. They bounce around on trampolines. And you guys pay and, for that? No, it's free. Oh, phenomenal! I was gonna I know, say it's pretty good. You can it's send them to my work. house. We could do gymnastics, quote unquote. It's through Jenna's work and uh, it's free and it was actually really fun. And but anyway, that was that. And then I came home, and then my friend came over, and she was here and helping taking care of Nora. And then I tried to give her a van ride in my key van, and so you tried to flex the van. I tried to because I, I, I got the van fixed recently. I, I replaced a water pump, and I had it idling, and I was running it in my my driveway. And then I decided to go take go for a little test drive with my friend Erin, and she w- was very insistent upon coming along. And we were out maybe probably a half a mile from my house and the engine and the the van just died. Engine died. I had to pull over to the side of the road. Luckily I was able to get to the side of the road safely and then I had to call AAA and tow it back the half mile to my house. I would have pushed it, but the you know, it was a hill, so I <laughs> I do have AAA, so I was able to get a tow and and it's back in my driveway and I still can't figure out what's wrong with it. Tough day for me. Friday was the only day I could really work on it to get it out it didn't happen and so that will be a lost episode it will be the um the bonus content you get in the patreon i was gonna say for all the patreon supporters you will find that (laughs) in your in the new drop and but like it won't be edited it'll be just a very raw file no super raw you'll get all the stuff jeff and i say off mic before we start recording which is always colorful 
it's yeah, it's colorful. It doesn't exactly doesn't fit the confines of our uh, of our the topics that we cover in this pod. Yeah, it, it's a lot. It's a lot different. But anyways, let's look at. So we did week twenty five. Week twenty five just happened, so we're gonna look at week twenty six. Even though United, I think they played a makeup game today, week eighteen, in which they beat Brighton Hove two nothing. And maybe we can actually start with the Champions League because that's actually fairly pertinent. And today. Basically, Sporting City, Liz, uh, Lisbon is probably not even going to play sports anymore. They're probably going to burn their stadium because City went into their house and beat them 5 nothing. And mind you, there is no away goals. Should there be away goals, I just think that they should be put to the sword. Anyway, PSG, Real, one of my favorite games in the last six months. Maybe that's because there weren't that many games, but I thought it was as entertaining as the Liverpool-Chelsea game, which ended in a 2-2 tie with Pulisic tying it up in like the 80th minute. This game was back and forth, and anytime you can see Lionel Messi play Real, you have to love it because there's probably only going to be maybe honestly next game could be the last time that it actually happens in his career. It was an awesome game. Strange dynamic of that game: Mbappe scored in the 93rd minute. Spoiler alert, which is phenomenal because you know PSG deserved to win that game. But beyond that, in all indication, it 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 appears to me and most people on the internet and in just the sporting world that. Mbappe is going to Real Madrid next year. He's going to Real Madrid, which is a really awkward thing. So PSG, this for me is PSG's last chance to win the Champions League, probably for the foreseeable future, and let they were to honestly sell Mbappe, and I think he's going on a free, which is unfortunate for PSG's finances, unless they were to get Holland. But I don't think Holland's going to go to PSG. Nope. I don't think he's going to do that, because then when you just have Messi and Neymar, they're just not as dynamic. This is not taking anything away from Messi, or Neymar, but they need Mbappe's pace. They need that 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 young burst of pace that he has. And he's really incredible. Like, Mbappe's incredible. He's scored, I think, he's played 52 Champions League games, and I think they said he scored in, or he's been involved in 50, goal, 50 goals of the 52 games, and he personally has scored 32 goals, which is a really... <laughs> he's like 22? He's 22. 22, Hachi 23. I mean, he, he's freakish. And he will be going to Real, so it's kind of serendipitous that I think he will almost single-handedly knock them out, especially when they go back to the Bernabeu. I don't see it getting much better. But this was the first games in the knockout that we've ever seen where we didn't have the away goal rule in as probably two decades or however long the Champions League has had that. And I don't know if that was reason enough to not make Real want to go and try to score or whether literally they were just so outclassed all throughout the field that they couldn't. Because the two players that stuck out for me were Verratti and Danilo. If you watch the game, those two dudes were amazing. Danilo was super impressive. I knew Verratti was really impressive. Danilo was super impressive. And I think going back to the Bernabeu, I think it's going to be a really great game. And what I'd love to see is Sergio Ramos play and score against Real. So you, what you're positing is that perhaps because they were away, Real Madrid just sat, parked the boost, and they're like, well, we'll, we'll settle for a 0-0 draw. Yeah, because there's no longer an incentive, no incentive to score that away goal. And Jamie totally, Carragher, totally agree with you. You agree with me? I didn't know where you're going with that. Because you know what? I are because for a while I've kind of been like, oh, I love that there's no away goal rule. I mean, no away goal advantage. You know, you know, I, I like how they got rid of that aspect of the competition. But now I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, well, the, that does give an incentive for the away team to try to play. Conservatively. Conservatively. On the road. On the road. Which is what one normally does when you're away from the house. You're trying to win, but you'll settle for a tie in a competitive match. 
But with the away goal, it always made crazy things happen. Right. And it set up when you had the Barcelona, when they lost for nothing to PSG, when they were home, they had to win 6-1 or whatever it was. They won 6-1. I mean, it sets up these things that are just unbelievable. And you know how many goals the team has to score to try to match. And it just sets up really fun stuff. Do you think that they did that because the... Because UEFA thought perhaps games were going to be played behind closed doors again, and in this season, and that they didn't want to, they wanted to kind of make it neutral on both sides. Do you think that's why they did it, and then this just kind of happened, or do you think they did it because they wanted to switch it up? Why would they make that change? That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure it out too, and I don't necessarily have a good reason, but I love your line of logic here because it's like. Maybe UEFA is starting to think about, well, if this pandemic thing happens again, we need to create as even a playing field as possible or something like that. Yeah, because it seems like it seems like some because of COVID and because of the uncertainty of COVID, you could get in a scenario where some away some teams have home fans and some teams don't. Exactly, right. depending upon the country. Depending on the country. Because the con- England could say, yes, Chelsea can have fans, but Spain could say, Sevilla, you can't have fans. And so maybe that's what they're trying to do, but I, I saw... I don't know the reasoning. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. I mean, if people no, I think you're probably... Us, I think if people want to hit us up and try to, like, you know, if they listen to this and want to send us a message or whatever, or just figure it out maybe there is just a reasoning behind it that behind uefa like maybe they put a statement out there i don't know i didn't i haven't done a lot of research i just know the rule changed i've been kind of i'm not sure also the reason why the rule changed i did see that jimmy carragher said terrible decision to abolish the away go rule hashtag champions league and this was in response to uh somebody saying mike michael cox saying actually uh real madrid playing for a zero zero here i've never seen them play so defensively UEFA need to come up with some way to incentivize attacking play away from uh, from from the away side in knockout games. And I just couldn't agree more. I've never seen Real Madrid be so... It's almost like they were being coached by Mourinho again in like 2013 when they would play Barcelona, and he would just pack it in and then try to play with the BBC with Bale, Benzema, and Cristiano on the counter. But that's what they were trying to do, but they have Benzema still in that scheme, and he doesn't have the legs that he used to. They have Vinicius, who's actually quite nice, and then they had Asensio. But they couldn't do it because PSG were stifling the whole game. So They were bossing the midfield the whole game. They were bossing. I mean, like, Daniil and Verratti were just running circles. I also think that Cruz and Modric, this is probably their last season of playing at this high level. They've been playing at a very competitive level for about eight or nine years in that midfield with Casemiro, those three sitting. So I don't I don't want to spend the rest no, of the Real day in the Madrid, Champions League. But Real Madrid know. reminds me of a, just like an, a bunch of – like skillers like a bunch of old skillers who like aren't like that f- they're not quick so they, they need some fresh blood in that team well like, that's why they're bringing in Mbappe because yeah, they uh, even if the I know dude like you need they need like fresh wingers he is a winger because Benzema oh, could uh, still sure, play sure, a sure, nine sure, 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 sure. with Vinny and yes, Be- yes, with yes, Vinny yes, and Mbappe play, on this. In the left. okay yeah exactly so but, but obviously still they still need like fast like quick guys like they don't have that they it's need just, somebody in the midfield that's gonna strengthen them and tighten them up yeah. and I don't know necessarily who that is but they honestly Tackle almost need rice. like they need like an Angola Conte because Cruz yeah, yeah. he's more of an eight Casemiro will sit Modric is up top with the 10 it's a weird vibe Besides Mbappe, there's somebody else going to Madrid next season. That we already know about? No, I was thinking, maybe I'm just thinking of Aspilicueta is going to 
Barcelona. Yeah, and I thought that that was a done deal, but apparently that's just rumored and they're just in talks. I already thought that that was a done oh, deal. I that was too. Yeah, I thought when I read it that it was a done deal because I saw some money. But anyways, neither here nor there. Tomorrow in the Champions League, we have two more games. And we have Salzburg versus Munich, Bayern Munich, which is going to be an interesting one, and Inter versus Liverpool. Now, I think you would assume that Bayern Munich and Liverpool win those games fairly handedly, but Salzburg's a nice team. I wouldn't count out Salzburg, and Inter can defend. I don't and think it's Liverpool also- Inter. I think Salzburg, I think Bayern will take care of Salzburg, although Bayern has laid some goose eggs in the in the Bundesliga. But <clears throat> at, the, at the Champions League stage, uh, stage I think they'll be fine. I'm more intrigued about the Liverpool game. I, I actually don't think that's a lock. I mean, Liverpool have been playing well. Don't get me wrong. Uh, especially, like, even with Salah and Mane out at AFCON, they've been p- playing well. I, I'll be interested to see the lineup. I'll be, I will be. I assume it's going to be Mane, Salah, Jota tomorrow. I assume, right? I assume. I, I don't know. They may play Diaz. He's yeah, absolutely I mean, freakish, and really Klopp good. was super excited after the way he played in their first game because, as I'll say again, I think he's one of the most underrated players right who, now in a so top who club gets in the, the world. Who, so, Ma, so Mane sits and Diaz plays? Maybe Jota Ma, can't sit. Jota can't no, sit. No, Jota, Diaz start, and then maybe Mane or Salah because both those guys, they just had a huge African Cup of Nations. They just had a shit ton of travel. A ton of games. A ton of games. And Egypt played a lot of the – Egypt was like Croatia in the 2018 World Cup, but they played a lot of the games in overtime. So Salah got almost a game, a full game more than Mane underneath his feet. I I want to ask you though, from that aside, because I'm for those games. I mean, who do you? So so I think we think Liverpool and Bayern Munich will win. Maybe the Liverpool over the two over the two legs. You mean? Uh yeah, and even tomorrow, honestly. I, I honestly think the Inter Liverpool game could be a tie because Inter Inter can defend, but I I don't know. I, I I don't know. I think Bayern win. I think Bayern e- win easily. I think Bayern Bayern win two nothing. I think, I think Liverpool maybe win two to one. ESPN FC came out with some numbers uh, via five thirty eight, which is like a stats and analyst think tank essentially, and they say Man City has a twenty five percent chance of winning. Bayern Munich has a twenty percent chance of winning. Liverpool fourteen, Ajax thirteen percent, Chelsea ten percent because they always sleep on Chelsea. I love it. Real Madrid is four percent. PSG is four percent. I think that that is exceedingly low. Atletico Madrid have 2%, Villarreal have 2%, and Inter Milan have 2%. Saying PSG is 4%, and then in the same sentence saying Atletico is 2%, I don't know if these guys are actually watching the games or they're just doing some, like, math, paper, you know, na- uh, napkin math, because that's saying that PSG only has two times the chance to win the Champions League that Atletico. Atletico is a dumpster fire currently. Villarreal, no chance. Inter Milan is no chance. I think PSG actually has a greater chance than four percent. I'm not sure what number, but I think that they're way better than that. Are all those numbers adding up to a hundred? I think so. I'm not gonna do that <laughs> quick math because so that's weird. gonna put me that's to the some test. weird shit. I don't know. It, yeah, and also like whenever ESPN is it ESPN Deportes? ESPN FC. ESPN FC. I don't know. ESPN FC just seems lazy. They, it's like they're not watching the games. If they, I, 
You know what? I th- did that come out before today's game or after? This came out a couple days ago. Yeah. And obviously, you're those gonna chances s- are going to go up after they watch the PSG game. Exactly. Today. The other thing is PSG face Real Madrid, so that's why those chances are lower. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bayern's are going to be higher. Obviously, City's going to be super high because they they know they're more likely to go into the next round. But saying who's going to win between PSG and Real is a little bit more difficult to probably for 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 anyone really to choose because there's just so many guys you can kind of change the game. I would put my money on PSG, but. Pre the, pre the game today, I mean, I just think Real Madrid has looked tired for years, honestly. Hmm. So, I mean, Christian, I mean, Gareth Bale is still on that team. You mean Gareth Baller? I mean, yeah, when he's, like, playing for Tottenham, but not when he's, like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just, like I said before, Real Madrid just seem a little old, a little tired, a little it's, run uh, down. Real Madrid's mm. straight Vibras these days. Yeah, it's, it's just not good. So... I, I thought that those numbers were kind of whack. I I think. Wait, wait. That, who got the twenty five percent chance? City. Yeah. That's a, like, that's, that's that's obvious. obvious. I think Chelsea's higher than ten percent. My personal opinion. I think PSG's way higher than four percent. This doesn't add up. I just did the math. It comes out to about ninety. So they're giving some. They give like Sporting probably like a point zero five percent because they have to give them uh, some percent. But honestly, yeah. I just City looked. We watched the highlights before the pod like today and I know sporting is not like on the same level even as most Premier League teams but they looked freak like City looked freakish like Sterling scored a worldie like Sterling scored a worldie from like 20 yards out that I've never seen him score like I've never seen him score like that before if you if you haven't seen that go fire up YouTube City sporting uh, what's his name Sterling it was fire Fire, fire. It was, it was just as good. Maybe not just as good, but on the level of ZH's goal but against Tottenham. Here's my theory about ago. that: he can only score like that when it's not clutch. When oh, for sure. Because, like, here's the thing: like, they were up four nothing. Oh, it's the Lukaku syndrome. Lukaku scores goals all the time when it doesn't matter. Now he did score in the Cup World Cup, so I should draw that back a little bit. But I feel the same way about because, Lukaku. like, look at it, look at it, look at Sterling. Sterling was very good in the Euro, but he didn't score goal. He didn't score a lot of goals, right? I mean, he had assists and he and he caused problems. But he's a bottler when it comes down when it comes to like clutch situations. Like he'll kick the ball over the net at the six yard line. You know what I mean? Like that, that's why City doesn't scare me in the Champions League, right? I like I'm as a Chelsea fan. I'm like honestly, line us up, line us up, line us up. I'm ready. I know. Pep won't make the same problem last time where he basically played six tens up top and he didn't put Rodri in to help out, but it doesn't matter. I'm ready. Line us up because they're going to underestimate us again, and it's over two legs. And beating us in the bridge these days with Mendy and goal, if we play a five, a three back, or the you know you're talking about like a semifinal though. I'm talking about next round, even the round of eight. I'm talking okay, about whatever eight, round of eight round, of, but I mean the final is going to be a one game. Right. If we play them again in the final, that's going to be crazy because. I mean, God, if City lose back you, to back to Chelsea, that's but you be guys bad. can match. But uh, two English teams can match up in the semi. Oh, for sure, and even in the round in the of quarter eight. in the semi, just not in the round of yeah. sixteen. You can't, yeah. you can't have the same country right. or same group. But anyways, let's move on to the. Actually, before we go, Chelsea won the Club World Cup. We've now won all seven international, all seven titles that we could possibly win ever in our history. Thanks, but let's move on. Club World Cup is uh, ridiculous. By the Club way, Club World Cup is like. A big cup, but also no one really cares. Uh, let's move on to week 26 in the Prem. We've just got over week 25 where Chelsea and Arsenal didn't play, so we'll have to play again. And this is a shout-out to Thierry, Dennis, or Drew, or really anybody, any Arsenal fan. John Scheimer, I'm down to make more bets with Chelsea and Arsenal. Uh, 
week 26. We got some games. You ready, Jeff, for these games? Let's fire up the old uh, iPhone. Fire up the old apps. So I can look at, okay, yep. West West Ham, Ham, Newcastle Newcastle at London Stadium. I'm going to go with Newcastle just because I love an upset. And West Ham's trending down. No, I'm going to go West. I'm going to actually know it. I'm going to go 1-1 draw because Newcastle's favorite right wing back, Kieran Trippier. Is injured for the rest of the season. Out. Very dark. Broken foot. Eesh. I would surgery. Like to, I want you to make all your decisions this week off where you put your money, mm. and I'm going to make all my decisions of where I put my emotions. I like it. I like it. So That's I, a good I want theme. Newcastle. My emotions want Newcastle. I want. I want the Trippier. I want them to lift him up. They're all going to have like, oh, get better <coughs> Trippier jerseys. You. So you're rooting for Newcastle not only to just like win the game, but also get out of relegation. Get back into that mid, like lower mid table. Yeah, I'm going for the 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 personal, the human interest story, the emotional. Okay, I'm going story. So I'm going for the bet, the betting line story. You're going for you have a thousand dollars and a gun to your head. I'm going t- draw, like one one draw, dude. I'm going one nothing Newcastle upset at London Stadium. Because you said so. So this is how I feel about it. Newcastle is slowly trending up, and West Ham slowly trending down, and they're going to meet in the middle at a one one draw. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. Next game, <laughs> Southampton versus Everton. It's at St. Mary's. I'm going, I don't know, man. What's my emotions telling me? I want to see Everton Frank. do better. You like Frank. You're a Frank guy. Oh, you mean Franklin? Frank I told you. I only refer to him as Franklin now. That Franklin he's Ever- Lampard. Coach. Franklin Lampard. Mr. Lampard. Franklin Lampard the fifth. <laughs> so you want, you, you, you're rooting for Lampard's success. You're rooting for Deli Alley's success. I'm gonna Deli Alley's rooting success. for Do- Donnie Van de Beek's there success. There you go. Now you're talking about the big chief. I'm gonna go one-one on my emotions because I also think Saint. I think that Southampton are very fun at St. Mary's. I'm gonna go one-one draw. Franklin's gonna do a little his like normal like Rafa Nadal like arm jab to the air. One-one. Uh, Southampton are they beat Spurs three to two last weekend, which is very sad for me, but. The big thing for me are Southampton. Are Southampton hitting above their weight? Are teams just playing down to Southampton? Are Everton really shit? Like I don't know any of these answers. I don't have any of the answers. I to make a bet on this, I would also have to go with the one-one draw, because honestly, by all accounts, both teams are dog shit. They have Deli Alley coming off the bench in the 60th minute. You got James Ward Prowse bailing out Southampton anytime they ever need. Both teams are dog shit. That's the roughest they take. They are, dude. They That's are the both roughest take. Dog shit Premier League teams. Let's just Where where are that. they? Everton is currently in 16th. Newcastle's in 10th, dude. You got to go easy with wait, Newcastle. Wait, wait, wait. Southampton's in 10th. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Everton's in 16th. Yeah, they're sep- probably separated by like South- 6 points though, right? 7 points, but Southampton's oh, right. in 9 in 10th. And you know they're not that bad. They're only yeah. Like, I know for a team that I thought was going to get relegated. I think even Everton fans can agree. Exactly. I think even Everton fans can agree that right now Southampton, sorry, Everton is dog shit. I but would I don't say think actually, Southampton. I think dog Southampton shit. is actually punching above their weight. Yeah, I was gonna say they're overachieving. I they're don't think overachieving. They're dog shit. I I actually honestly think the more James Ward Prowse does well, the more screwed they are. They are, and, that, and this is why. This is why not for this season. But because that guy is the best free kick taker and ball distributor, I think, in the Premier League. And possibly the world. 
I'm not, I'm not, that's not hyperbole. The guy is unbelievable at distributing the ball and, and taking free kicks. So if they think they're going to hold on to him for much longer before a big-ass club tries to pick him up. A big-ass club. A big-ass club. <laughs> they are sadly mistaken because a team will come along and pay a price that they cannot refuse. You act like Southampton are like little baby chicks, and then a big club is like a pterodactyl, and they come by and look, and they just Yeah, and they drop a little sack of money that, like, when they do the transaction. They drop some pesos in a, in a burlap bag. That's all I'm saying, dude. Like, Southampton, there's going to be a price where they say, all right, we got to let James Ward-Prowse go. And James Ward-Prowse is going to say, I want to play Champions League football. I will believe it when I see it. Uh, there's going to be a point where he's going to say, "Hmm." I just feel like he's he's like a worldies. But I feel like he's like a James Madison. He's really really good, but for some reason, the bigger clubs just don't want him. Because I don't understand. Like I think James Madison be, should be honestly pulling ten for Chelsea, but Chelsea just won't buy him. Like there's there's deeper statistics there that don't allow those two play. Excuse me, those two players to advance because I agree. He's not because James Ward Prowse is in the box to box midfielder and he can't he can't hold possession. He gets the ball and he'll make a couple plays, but besides that, he's invisible. He'll make you pay, but he's not going to dominate the middle of the field. Fine, but I am saying that Southampton's got they've got James Ward Prowse like kind of problem. Are we go? They don't have a problem. Yes. Are we going? Can we go to one one? Otherwise, we're going to be down here forever. People got things to do. People got things to do. It's just the wound's still fresh from the Southampton I, we, loss. Everyone knows, Jeff. <laughs> everyone freaking knows. The next game, Liverpool-Norwich. I am going to go on my emotions, and this is at Anfield, and I think Liverpool are going to run, just show, and I think 3 nothing, Easy. Norwich is... Well, Norwich is honestly playing with everyone's emotions because it's like, are we relegated? Are we not? Are we going to be competitive? Are we not? Are we fighting? Are we not? But I think it's at Anfield. Liverpool, Liverpool. Liverpool are still actually in the title race, in my opinion. And I do believe that they will take care of business. Agree. Oh, wow. Three to nothing, though. Three to nothing. Yeah. Uh, the next game is Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. I personally hate playing Crystal Palace, especially at Selhurst, because while it is a derby, I just, that's where AFC Richmond play. Hashtag Lasso, Ted, Led Tasso. Hashtag Beard. Hashtag The Beard. <laughs> Hashtag Jamie. What was Jamie's last name? <laughs> I don't remember. Jamie. Jamie Tot. Jamie Tot. Jamie Tot. Anyways, I'm going to go Chelsea strictly on straight vibes and be with us. I'm going to go 2 nothing. Both goals. My question Not to you. from Lukaku. I got m- one question for you. One answer. Who starts in goal? Mendy. For Sheezy. But Kepa. No. But Kepa's no. cup. Kepa's cup. Yeah, Kepa plays in the. He made he had a, he had a crazy save in that game. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Kepa in the semifinal had an amazing save, but when push came to shove, and we actually played a real team. Mendy plays. Wait, Mendy he, is arguably okay. He's the best. Mendy's had one of the best in the world. All right. Yeah, Fine. I think right now Mendy's the best in the world. So and, what and did Chelsea people... do about Kepa? Do they sell him? Are well, they just Kepa pumping? loves the bench, dude? Is, loves the bench. Is Kepa? Is Kepa's value slowly rising? I think it is, and I think Chelsea don't want to mess that up. And it's about five million right now. We're just trying to make sure it goes. I think up. it's more than five million. Ten million? I think it's like I think there aren't as many goalkeepers that are able to play at a Premier League level that you think. And Kepa's value is more like twenty-five million. 
That's probably accurate, but I think Chelsea don't want to let that go down because we bought him for eighty-eight million or something like that. Right? Is it one of those situations where they just they they got caught caught holding the bag and they can't like get rid of him? Yeah, and I think that it's okay if Kepa's fine being two and Mendy wants to be one. That could be a situation where you don't have to worry about goalies for four or five years if they both are comfortable with that. M- I mean, Mendy's Kepa, such a freakish. I know, last, but like ten. Kepa, months. I know Kepa's like been kind of laying low. Tail between his legs because he's been humble. But he's not because he plays in the Carabao. I think he plays in the FA, and he got to play in the Club World Cup a little bit. I think that actually Tuchel has struck a really nice balance with appeasing both of them, and Kepa's very comfortable knowing that Mendy is one. And I think this is the only way, by being two, is the only way Kepa actually gets back in the Spanish national team. David De Gea, man. man. Like, they don't really have crazy amounts of, like, top goalies right now. Well, although David De Gea has been keeping Man United in the Premier League. Top four. Yeah, but he also has howlers. Like, enough that he was dropped and is sure. not Spain's number one. Sure. But here's the thing. Does management push for Kepa to go somewhere else, get their money back, to use it to use the money on something else? I don't think we need the money right now. I think we're winning a bunch of tournaments. I think everything's good. The vibes are great. These are questions I ask because I am thinking as a, as a Premier League, uh, apparently as a board member not as not as like a fan i don't know why this is happening but i'm just asking i'm just asking the chelsea i'm just asking the chelsea fan yeah i I think he's totally fine number two and i think he understands what's going on i mean mendy won the champions league mendy won the super cup mendy won the club world cup mendy's just won afcon he is right now the best goalie in the world he was named the best keeper of the world last year in 2021 and i don't see that ending and anytime chelsea get a good goalie like we do crazy things we appear check we do crazy things anyways let's let's move forward though uh brighton hove ooh, 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 where am i brighton hove albion burnley. first burnley this is a game that i think brighton hove win because burnley is the complete dumpster fire i'm gonna go just strictly vibes i also just like sean dyke when he loses so this is my emotional bid he comes up with the craziest like his pressers are legendary. And Graham Potter's kind of just like Harry Potter. It's kind of boring. So I'm going to go 2 nothing. Brighton Hove, Seagulls. What, what? All right. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Neil Mappe, man of the match. <laughs> I'm dead. Putting money in that. Next game, Aston Villa versus Watford. This will be played at Villa Park. I, I don't even know. I mean, like both these teams... Watford the whole year has, you know, it's they're in second to last, so they're just kind of there. And Aston Villa are starting to punch up, and they're starting to kind of get up a little bit. But how can you not pick Aston Villa for this game? Oh, I'm picking Aston Villa. I'm just feeling like maybe I like the vibes of Watford. You know, like the what Watford. vibes do you like? Them the, sucking the suck vibes, the suck vibes, the shit vibes. They're getting relegated. They're back down, back down the championship. Philippe Coutinho, Aston Villa. I'm going Steven Aston Gerard. Villa 2-1. No, Watford doesn't even have a goal in them. I'm saying... 2 nothing. Yeah. All right. Next game, Arsenal-Brentford. The first time these guys played, they played at Brentford Stadium. This kicked off the season, and Brentford won, I believe, 2 nothing. However, a lot has happened since. This game will be at the Arsenal home stadium. Why can't I think of the, the name? Emirates. Of it? Thank you, the Emirates. Jesus. Jesus. It will be at the Emirates. Arsenal have a bunch of games in hand, so even though they're in sixth, if they were to win all those games, I think they can be as high as third. If not, yeah, I think as high as third. So this is a game that Arsenal needs to win if they are serious about Europe. If they lose this game, 
I don't really think that Europe's real for them anymore because I think Wolves are getting better. Wolves are getting better every week. Tottenham's still good. Brighton Hove's going to be annoying. Leicester still hasn't even hit stride if they're going to. So I my my emotional plea. What does my emotional plea says? It says Arsenal lose. It says Arsenal and Brentford tie because yeah. this is what Arsenal's going to start to do. So it's going to start to break all the gunner hearts out there. Because here's the thing, even when Arsenal won last week, it was it was they won one to nothing and they still got a red card and they barely held on to win. It it was it was a typical Arsenal performance and that pe- I think people are going to be not pleased with me saying that Arsenal are still eh meh. Just kind of meh. And it's and they're like kind of like at the top of the heap of the of the medio- mediocrity right now. You know what I'm saying? Like there are a bunch of so there there's City, Liverpool, Chelsea and then everyone else. And then sludge. And then sludge. And I include Arsenal and I include Tottenham and I include Wolves and I include United. United all in that sludge. And who's going to get to that fourth spot? Nobody knows. And that's what's going to be exciting in the last half of the season is that is it going to be who's going to be the one to figure out how to stop being so fucking mediocre and like so Jekyll and Hyde like <laughs> before Spurs lost two games they look great you thought oh man they got a chance at top four right and they still could because they got games in hand you think it might sometimes be Arsenal they got it figured out with Martinelli and they got you know they got, finally got rid of Aubameyang and they and they got some solid defense but then they make bonehead they just do dumb shit they 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 get red cards and they they fuck up. February historically for me, looking at Arsenal objectively, has always been the month where they really just shit the bed. Pardon my Spanish, because this is normally the month where they get to the round of sixteen and they get bounced out normally by Barcelona or by Bayern. They always when Arsenal were in the Champions League, they'd always end up with some juggernaut in the round of sixteen. And honestly, it never never seemed fair, even as an outsider. So they would get bounced there. They would probably get bounced in the FA Cup. And they would have a player or two that had to go to AFCON or was on a way and would get hurt. And then they would have to, like, flex their their depth. And Arsenal, since maybe 2006, 2000, like, early, like, before 2010, they really haven't had a bench since. They've always struggled with so many injuries. One of the best players, I think, in the Premier League to come overseas to the Prem was Santi Casorla. And he was always hurt in the Arsenal jersey. Could not get healthy just couldn't find health would be out for years and it was just so sad and so this is between mid-march which is what we are sorry mid-february to mid-march is really where arsenal where i'm gonna know whether i'm gonna win my bet with john it's this game right here is gonna be telling that's why i think it's gonna be one one with arsenal brentford i mean i'd love to see brentford win that's just me as a spurs fan i also like to see brentford win because i think christian erickson will play he had an assist in a junior game or a under whatever game it was like a behind closed door yeah it was friendly. just it was like a friendly just on like a, a practice pitch and that looked nice because it was good to see him out there and play i mean he still has so much quality so if he can get his lungs behind him and his heart you know cooperates he's like one of the cheaper buys maybe in prem history only due to his very unique circumstances sure and so my heart says i want brentford to win their form says arsenal will win so I'm gonna split the difference and go one-one tie. Nice. Next game, City versus Spurs. This is a tough one because you guys have had a Bad tough form. go at it as of late. Let's let's look at your last couple of games. They're not 
maybe things you want to look at, but we're going to look at them anyways because I saw a meme today and it was pretty rough. Three to two loss to, to Wolves. So you lost two nothing to Chelsea. You lost three to two to Southampton, and you lost two nothing from Wolves. And then you play City. The next week you get to play Burnley. So hopefully that will be a a little <laughs> reprieve. But what's going to happen in this City game because you guys are playing at the Etihad. I mean, I don't think the venue matters too much because it's the empty head. But I mean, I mean, there will be a lot of Spurs fans there. I mean, there's not. I don't think that's the problem. I can. I think they would lose to City. I think the outcome of the game would be pretty much the same if they play at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. If they play at the Etihad, just because of Spurs, Spurs form and City's form. The only thing I have to say, and what I, it might not even make a difference because City's freakish, but Spurs have been without. I know I'm gonna. This is gonna sound fucking wild. This is gonna sound wild coming from my mouth. Is that they've been without Eric Dyer <laughs> for weeks, and without Dyer and Romero, they've looked dog shit. Dog shit. They've give, given up 13 goals with Dyer, basically like five goals. Something crazy. Like something. Some crazy. St- he. We've. I think we've mentioned this in the pod before, but Dyer may be one of the best center backs, English center backs, in Premier League right now. It's definitely not Harry Maguire. It's not Maguire. It's not Slabhead. It's not Slabby. It's not Nathan Ake. It's not <laughs> Nathan, not Nathan Ake can't even play in practice these days. It's yeah, City. it's brutal, dude. Like It's like Tyrone Mings and uh, what's the dude that Arsenal paid a billion dollars for? Ben, why can't I ben White. Ben White. So, either way, I think that Eric Dyer is not really the best defender, per se. He works well in the Conte's three-back, but he's a good leader, and they've been missing the leadership. So I don't think it's going to be a dumpster fire, but I don't think they're going to win. <laughs> like, I don't think it's going to be a 5 nothing like, sporting Lisbon, you know, drubbing, because that was rough today. They look terrible. Uh, but So I think Lloris will make some saves. I think that Dyer and Romero will will keep Mares and, and Sterling at bay. Uh, but they'll still lose. They'll still lose like probably two nothing, maybe two to one. I say two nothing. Yeah, but it's I fine. think that there's a chance in there that Spurs could upset because Spurs have beat City recently, like in recent history, and I think City will also be coming off feeling super like they can take over the world after beating the shit out of Sporting. And I also think Pep may pay may play more, uh, may play a different lineup, sure. So that may help, like rotation helps. Next game is the United's lead Leeds versus Manchester United. This game is going to be at Ellen Road, and I want to look and see where they are. So Manchester United is currently in fourth. They are moving on up, and Leeds is in 15th. I'm going to go emotional here, and I want to see Leeds make sure they stay in the prem and they stay away from this crazy relegation battle that it will be. I'm going to say Leeds are going to win one nothing. Two two one because actually don't I don't think if Ronaldo plays I don't think they can maybe keep him out but I'm gonna go two one leads what do you think on that I mean that that's like the more logical decision two wait 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 that's not logical the logical decision is to pick United because I mean they're United but I would say Leeds yeah oh, mine was an emotional decision they're at home and I don't want to see them relegated it's not based on facts form or anything else I mean Leeds beat West Ham recently they just tied Aston Villa 3 to 3 I think perhaps perhaps a Leeds tie? can score a couple goals I'm going to go 2-2 two, two, tie 2-2 two, uh, two, tie that's still if it's a 2-2 two, two tie maybe one of the best games of the week the final game of the week is Wolves versus Leicester now I want to see Leicester do better 
The problem is they're, they're dog right. shit. They're dog shit. So this is at the Molyneux. Wolves will win this game probably 2-1 or 2 nothing. Not Wolves look two. really good. However, Leicester looked super good in a game I recently saw them. Who did I see them play? Why can't I think of this? I, I have to look back at who they just All right, played. This is my this is my question to you about Wolves. Oh, against Are West they? Ham. Wait, against West Ham, Leicester looked I thought that they looked quite nice and they didn't even have Vardy. Well, they don't they're not gonna have Vardy because Vardy's not around. I mean Vardy's hurt, right? Vardy's at the pub. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the Leeds Leicester game. I mean uh Wolves Leicester game. Wolves are wolves actually good? This is the question. Are wolves good? Are wolves good? Because like right now, they're like pushing top four. They're like one of the teams talking like what? I I, I think wolves. What is happening? I think wolves are actually good. Like uh, I know I, they're good defensively. Uh, that they're good defensively. If they're good defensively, then they're good. Right. Like okay. straight up, and I think. Ruben Neves has been one of the most underrated players of the season. I think Podence is one of the most annoying players to play against because the dude's like a four foot five stump, and he'll just totally like get by you every time. Uh, if Raul Jimenez can start to fire as he has been more recently, that is a problem. This is a team that lost Adama Traore. This is a team that lost Jota. This is a team whose nine got his skull cracked and is still probably only about 65 70%. They are probably, they are way overachieving. Because if they were to finish fourth, let's live in that world where they finish fourth. Then they finish over Manchester United, which has $800 million in their clubhouse. They finish over West Ham, Arsenal, Tottenham, Leicester, Everton. I mean, they they finish over clubs that have invested a lot of money. There was a thing that came out and was talking about all the clubs and how much money they'd spent. Everton's high up there. Everton has had some very, very bad business. Probably not surprising to hear if you're an Everton fan, but for me as not an Everton fan, I hadn't been looking at their trades and like their income and what that looks like. All, all that is to say, whatever Wolves is doing as a club is clearly shining through because they even have a new coach. They don't even have Nuno Spirito Santo. So whatever they're doing at a club, at the club, is really great because they are. I think they're overachieving. And like you said, if they have a good defense, then they have a good team. But when does it come crashing down? That's that's what I'm trying to say. I don't think it comes crashing down. I think what happens is, like you said, you have City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, and then the sludge, and they just might be the best of the sludge. Right. And, my, and I guess it goes back to my question, are they the best of the sludge? They, what team is the best of the sludge? And who can figure out what of the, of the teams, of Spurs, Arsenal, Wolves, and maybe United, West and Ham. West Ham? Who are going to be the what team is does it have the like the like the components to be the best of those of those teams? I have no idea. I'd say it's not United. On paper, you think it would be United. On paper, you think it'd be United. I also like I say I have no idea, and then I make an assertion that it's not United. But I just don't. The thing with United is like it's still Ronaldo vibes. Like they are still they're still hoping that Cavani and Ronaldo experience them out of the way. Because Rashford, that dude's a shell of himself. Martial's gone, who's now playing super well and getting standing ovations at Sevilla. Greenwood is on rape charges, so we don't know when he's going to be back. He's not coming back. Jaden Sancho probably doesn't want to play anymore because now he's like, you know, he's just been neglected, which is insane. I think maybe that wasn't his best decision to go to United. So I, I don't think it's United. I think it's probably Arsenal, Wolves, or West Ham. But, but United have a GOAT. 
So I don't know. Yeah, I I honestly don't think it's West Ham. Their poor form has just totally affirmed basically whatever every everything I've thought about West Ham in the past year or so, especially when they've been getting a little bit better, especially making the Europa League. My biggest surprise, honestly, Leicester like being the shit, but it might in honestly Arsenal are, sometimes seem like a dumpster fire. Or United seem like a dumpster fire. I hope for I have a hope that Tottenham can figure it out under Conte, but they're still Tottenham and and it's like their own worst enemy. Honestly, it may be Wolves. Honestly, it may be fucking Wolves. If it is Wolves, honestly, I'd rather have you Wolves than United or Arsenal or West Me Ham. Too. And just it is what it is. And But the season's got a long way to go. Chelsea's above the sludge, but honestly, like we still have problems scoring goals. We're probably one of the best defenses, top five on the planet. We've got, you know, we've got some ballers. And, like, we just won the Club World Cup. Not saying that that was great, but Palmeiras is a team. And we didn't even play Jorginho to the 80th minute. He was third in the Blonde d'Or. And we didn't even have Chilwell or Reese James play. Yeah, but they're not. I, I I know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying. Like we have so much talent that wasn't even on the field throughout that entire game. So I, I'm saying Chelsea for me could finish fourth, third, or even fifth. That's still to be seen, in my opinion. Yeah, but who's who's gonna rise above Chelsea to claim a th- the third place spot? Chelsea just, could just get super mediocre and just drop points as they have the whole season and just kind of just, just be shit. Who's you know? third? Who would be rising to third? You mean they would just be kind of like in the sludge with everybody else? They would just be they're... passive, and they're just going to tie a Brentford. They're going to tie this team. They're going to drop points to Crystal Palace this weekend, which they shouldn't, but maybe they do because they Selhurst has not been kind to us. But anyways, let's look at fantasy, and this will take five seconds. Oz is still in the lead. Nick Bailey and Mitch are in second and third. Jeff, you are in sixth. I somehow have dropped to 11th. Super embarrassing. Now three points behind El Pibe de Oro, Diego. And uh, I just wrapped up fantasy. Someone's got to beat Oz. It's not going to happen, I don't think, because he's actually trying now. Well. I mean, that's that's it. That's how we got. Ciao. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Boys and Bolos podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Twitch, at Boys and Bolos. If you'd like to be a guest, please reach out. You can hit us on any of the social media accounts that Jeff just mentioned, or email us directly at boysandbolos at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. <laughs>